best to start with season one of any series, but if you want to start right here with season four, let's get you caught up. It's been a year and a half since Jonathan Cain died, and son Julian took over New York's EWF and completely flipped the wrestling world on its head. But the Alliance began to fight back, adding exciting new acts, while dealing with outside enemies in the form of Michael Sluck and ABC News exposed story, exposing wrestling as a work that caused multiple layers of damage to the entire business. Notably, Crusher Krawcheck, whose violent retaliation to said reporter resulted in him being sued into bankruptcy and losing the St. Louis territory Heartland Pro. Thor Hansen went from top wrestling draw to legitimate celebrity when he co-starred as Sylvester Stallone's sidekick in Rambo, and his ego grew right along with it in 1985. Julian Kane continued his relationship with MTV, producing a rap video sung by the wrestlers to raise money for starving Ethiopians in a very tone-deaf effort, plus added more cartoony gimmicks to the EWF roster and swiped Corporal Punishment's toy deal with Hasbro and got it done for his wrestlers instead. Yes, resident patriot Corporal Punishment organically made himself such a star on the EWF undercard, he was offered his own cartoon and toy line from Hasbro before a jealous Julian Kane fired him for daring to secure opportunities outside of the EWF, and was promptly rejected by SCW's Daniel Hawkins for potential employment because of how the corporal no-showed SCW last year to jump to the EWF in the first place, and without a wrestling company to work for, was then dropped by Hasbro. Michael Angel ended 1984 looking like a better option than Thor Hansen for the EWF, but after blowing it in his audition to play Ivan Drago in Rocky IV and getting caught with a late-night gay hookup at a San Francisco park that forced Julian Kane to have to pay off SVPD with a suitcase full of cash for their silence, Michael's push was abruptly stopped. Hercules Harris toiled in the mid-card of EWF until Julian Kane had the idea to abandon his entire lengthy career and reintroduce him as a mindless African savage, Mobutu Zulu something Herc had major problems with until he finally received a push and the biggest payoffs of his career. EWF veteran Tarzan Kidd had his own problems as his spot on the EWF roster continued to drop as gambling went up, which even resulted in having to work jobs with the Mafia to work off his debts. Overall, the Empire Wrestling Federation ruled the business and spread its reach across America, while Julian ran into his old Harvard classmates finally had a chance to brag of his successes, yet found out the hard way its limitations when he tried to run a major show in the heart of the South and drew an embarrassingly small crowd head-to-head -head with SCW's biggest show in history. And that was Jesse James's challenge for 1985 as its booker, in building the merged Atlanta and Charlotte territories into a force, all while a nervous Daniel Hawkins worried he'd prove Julian Kane right, who told him he'd choke on that million he spent to buy the Atlanta territory and the WVBS-TV time slot. Jesse created a hot new act with the Rock and Rollers and slowly debuted newer, younger talents from the Meat Machine and built a hot mainstream angle using Jimmy Buck, a famous comedian who started a long angle of wrestling women, which led to a huge match with Jesse James and SCW's largest show ever, underneath the main event featuring the world champion Diamond Donnie Gold. Despite leaving the EWF at the end of 1984 on such a career low note, 
done, he was immediately given the world title by Jesse James upon his return to SCW, and while the fans came back for this, so did Donnie's old habits and old ego, which all came to a screeching halt, and after drawing that record-setting stadium crowd in Charlotte, his small plane crashed, killing Chief Wayland Thorpe and paralyzing Donnie. Another big boost to the Alliance was when Prince Abdullah Akbar randomly discovered an oil well of wrestling talent at an upper Midwest bar where an entire group of bouncers, affectionately calling themselves the Meat Machine, all had incredible potential to be top drawing wrestlers. He offered them up to the Alliance in exchange for removing the blacklist Charlie Gotch put on him and trained them, while young Chris Stanley came up with killer gimmicks for all of them and they were evenly drafted to the Alliance territories all of whom made immediate impacts. The Apocalypse, a futuristic mutant tag team straight from a Mad Max movie, took the Midwest by storm. The Jason Voorhees-inspired Damien fit in perfectly in Wild Wild Wrestling in Tennessee. The muscle-bound, bald Russian Rykovs were immediate top heels in the Deep South. And Apollo Samson was the perfect living superhero to fill the void left by Michael Angel in All South Wrestling. Young Chris Stanley shined bright in the scenario as his uncle Burt Ironside made him jump through all sorts of hoops, including training to wrestle with the Meat Machine guys, acting as ring crew, driver, and TV intern. While it seemed like he was being pushed further and further out, Chris found out it wasn't punishment, but long-term training, just like what Mr. Miyagi did in The Karate Kid, all which built to him pitching his biggest idea yet to his uncle, an interpromotional supercard all members of the Alliance on one show. That would be how you compete with Julian Kane's empire. Charlie Gotch not only had to deal with his champion Goliath, bolting back to Japan as champion and destroying his belt, but after nearly dying in the ring with the drunken Goliath, Hollywood buddy Melrose retired from the ring, infuriating Charlie, who fired him from AMW. And when son Nelly finally talked his dad into bringing Buddy back, it was too late as his former protege and still friend, Thor Hansen, already reached out to Buddy, and Julian went all out to steal Charlie's best friend to bring him into the EWF. But the previous face of the EWF before Julian Kane, All-American Dan Sanders, was brought back to the AMW by Charlie Gotch to take Buddy and Goliath's spot and kept AMW together in the fans' eyes. So here we are. With Julian Kane no-selling the humiliation of the tiny crowd they drew in Atlanta, superseding all the mainstream attention they had attained up to that point, SCW's future in complete jeopardy, with their world champion lost in a plane crash, All South Wrestling climbing their way back behind young superstar Apollo Sampson, Mabutu Zulu learning to accept his gimmick in the Empire, the Tarzan Kid trying to avoid having to work for the Mafia again, Chris Stanley trying to climb the ladder to be a booker, Meat Machine stock rising across the country, Donnie Gold in the hospital, and Heartland Pro Wrestling is up for auction in bankruptcy court as everyone in the Kingsverse learns to pay the price. <laughs>